Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. On today's show, I've been so excited to have you on, on because I've heard about you through my wife for so long, and then getting a chance to be able to spend time with you, spend time with your mom, see your sister, um, and I think the subject and the uh, subject matter that we're going to talk about today, which is you, uh, is so important for people to hear. Now, when I asked uh, Georgie what her title was, um, I asked, you know, what is it? And you kind of almost stayed away from influence right off the bat. Um, so entrepreneur, businesswoman, content creator, influencer, which we're going to talk about the difference between content and influencer. And I think this is going to be one of the most important conversations because there's a lot of people who don't understand and when people don't understand and they have misinformation, then they have fear. And when they have fear, then they try and destroy things. They try and talk bad about it, say this is bad, that's bad, whatever it is. But I just think what you're doing is just so incredible and in how you can influence people on such a high level and the content that you're creating is amazing. So please welcome to the show. I'm not going to murder your name either. It is Georgie Cabersi. I yes. said it right. Yes. Entrepreneur, businesswoman, content creator, an influencer. Yes. Welcome well, to first, the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've always wanted to do a podcast, so I'm excited I can be here for my first one. Well, I think it's cool too, because when we were talking before we started, there was a little bit of nerves. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. Always, right? Right. And you're so, excited. Well, and I think that those kind of things are cool because I think that in today's society, a lot of times, uh, young people like yourself, um, we're, we're constantly thinking, I say we, cause I'm adding it. I'm adding my young self into you. <laughs> yes. But a lot of times people are wondering how people are going to perceive us before we act. Is this, is this the case and how can we get through it? And how can we, how can a person that maybe isn't at the age that you are, how can they understand that and maybe have a little bit more empathy for it? Well, in terms of being nervous, um, I think that it shows that you're in the right place and you're doing the right thing. And if things don't make you nervous, then you got to do something else, right? Because it means you're taking risks and, um, I think that that's really important. So it's just accepting the feelings. They're normal and they're exciting. So at, at your young age, how old are you, Georgie? I'm 19. Okay. I believe I'm almost positive. I can go back it through the episodes, but you are the, the youngest person ever to be on the podcast. Really? And you are the first TikTok celebrity to be on the podcast. So honored. Well, and I thought that this was so important and you and I were talking about it the other day when I was saying a lot of people don't understand. They don't understand what it is. They just think that there's a bunch of kids. And when I ask these questions, I'm going to be asking. I don't want you to think that I'm coming at them, but I'm going to be asking them from a, a side of, I'm, first of all, I'm super curious, and I think it's awesome. And I want to, I want to like, harness it. I right. think it would be cool because I have a 13-year-old daughter, right. and I want her to think I'm cool. You are cool. But the, uh, thank you. But the other side is, is there's a lot of people who have questions that, a lot of times won't ask because they don't want to seem dumb. Right. And, but they don't understand it. So again, they just have fear and then they try and destroy. Right. So talk to us about this as far as like, um, you know, to, to get a scope of it. How many followers on TikTok right now? On TikTok, I have about 640,000. <laughs> Say that again. 640,000. <laughs> when you say it out loud. That, that's, it's major. Yes. It's major. What about Instagram, social followings, all that? What, what would you say combined? Combined, I would say almost around 700,000. So three quarters of a million people you can reach. I mean, most businesses that have been in business for 20 years, if they could reach 10,000, they're excited. Yes. 
that's pretty amazing. You're 21 years old and you reach a quarter of, or three quarters of a million people. Did this happen because you just turned on your phone and, and then it instantly happened overnight? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> um, I wish things were that easy. Um, and, you know, people who do look at social media as a job think it's so easy and it's overnight, um, but it's not. Um, it started as some fun little activity I would do with my friends. I was actually opposed to getting TikTok at the time. I didn't want to get the app because I was like, it's just another weird app. Like, it's cringy. And all my friends were like, no, like, it's so fun. Like, get it. And I started posting these videos with my friends, and then it, ju it just took off. So what, like, what would you want people, like, say a person, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to call out a lot of my listeners because we're, we're pretty much across the board, which has been amazing. So I want to thank everyone out there that's listening. And we're across the board from the age of 19 to the age of 60. We're almost 25, 25, 25 in the demographics. But I'm going to call out my uh, little bit more mature ones because a lot of times they don't understand. Um, a lot of them look at you just make a bunch of silly videos and you just dance to some music and whatever. Um, what do you wish that demographic knew about what it is that you're doing? I would say um, I wish that they would understand that there's a lot that goes on behind a video that you look at and think is silly. Um, it is so, it's something to be grateful for to be able to post videos and have creative direction about them. Um, but they all have a purpose. You know, you're catering to your audience and who follows you. So you have to have a strategy of what they want to see and what you want to put out and what you're going to teach them um, and what information you're going to give them. Um, a lot of the behind the scenes, you're working with brands. So it's not just like you choose to make a video like this. You're catering to brands that you want to work with as well. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that I wish more people saw. But I understand because sometimes I look at photos or videos and I'm like, this is so... Not it, right? And then I'm like, but wait, I know what's actually going on. So well, I think it was it was interesting to me too because Brooklyn, who is your favorite in our family, I know I'm no, always gonna I love I'm, you guys I'm always all. I'm all, always gonna be playing second. Maybe no. my kids will go. I'll probably be playing fourth. But what Brooke was talking about is the amount of work that you put in. I mean, wherever you're going, if you're going to a photo shoot, and she's done many photo shoots with you. If you're there, you've got your own light. You've got a camera set up. You've got, I mean, you're, you're listing these things out and you're working, I mean, a ton. And you're putting, now you're working different, but you're working all the time. How does that, uh, how has that impacted you at such an early age? Taught me a lot of work ethic. Um, uh -huh. It's very different than having a nine to five where you go at nine, you come home at five. Um, I'm probably on... I don't know, maybe 15 hours out of 24, you're you always have to be on your phone. You know, you always have to be scrolling and looking and researching things, um, posting from when you wake up to when you go to bed, you know. So it's hard to be able to turn off your phone sometimes. For me, I love working. I hate sitting around, even when I do. I love to always be working. Um, so I love it personally. I feel like it's the best fit for me. But um it can be challenging at times to think you're not doing enough. You know, I'm just posting. This isn't like work. And then you have to give yourself some credit, right? <laughs> so where does the work ethic come from? Let's go to mom and dad. Because, I mean, when I talked about your dad earlier, you lit up. When I talk about your mom, you light up. I talked about your sister, you lit up. You even included your brother. And I didn't even ask about your brother. But you included that. 
help us to understand growing up in the Kabersi household, what was the most important, what were some of the principles that your parents helped you with? Well, to start off, firstly, my family is very important to me, and they definitely instilled that in us, that family is very important. You know, your family is with you forever, your sister, your brother, your parents, um, and they want the best for you. So my family has taught me, I have to credit them for like 99.9% of whatever I know and do <laughs> to them, um, but we're such a tight-knit family. They instilled so much into us, whether it was culturally being brought up overseas, which I have to thank them for because I wouldn't be who I am today without doing that, um, but respect, manners, being kind, speaking properly, um, so many things that I appreciate that they've done. So, so talk to us about, because we talked about influencing earlier, and you were saying that you, you didn't gravitate right towards only influencer. You talked about content creator, and, and a lot of people, again, like in certain demographics, I'm not going to call you all out, but you know who you are. You take content creator, you're like, I ain't got a job. Influencer, ain't got a job. Talk to us about what the meanings of those two word or those two phrases are and what the difference is between them. So a content creator is someone who makes content on social media, whether you're working for a brand as their content creator, whether you're working for yourself as a content creator. Just posting on socials and trying to build a following is being a content creator, right? Um, being an influencer, I would say that's, everyone has influence in some way. Being an influencer is when you have influence on social media, whether you have influence on any platform, off social media, everyone in their own way is an influencer, right? You're influencing people. Um, but I think the negative connotation comes from older generations that don't understand. I saw it firsthand when I would try to explain it to my family, when they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, let me explain it to you. And they had no idea, they were confused. They were like, an influencer, a content creator, like, so what are you gonna do for a living when you're older? And I was like, this, right? Mm. Um, and I think that they think that it's not a real job or it's not something that you can do long term because posting a photo to them is like everyone posts on Facebook, right? So you have to be able to open your eyes and listen when people are trying to explain it, I feel like, because people can interpret it in a lot of different ways. Um, but now my family and people I talk to understand. And I think it's so up and coming. It's like the next big thing. So everyone is getting on it. I mean, there's so many people now that are on TikTok that are older celebrities and everyone that's using it, you know, they love it. <laughs> so now do you, awesome. do you see this though, as like, say when a, a, a more mature, we're not going to call them or older Georgie, cause we're going to offend some people. I'm joking with you. If you're offended, then you're old. Um, but some, <laughs> do you have this feeling of like, why are you trying to come on my platform when you were just bashing it before you, old dog? Like, why don't you stay on your lawn? Do you ever go through that, or does an influencer do that? Or are you just, like, so excited for other people to be able to come on? Because I can tell you this. It's kind of uncomfortable. I know some of my friends, like, grandmas, and they're on, and some of them are funny, but some of them should stay home. <laughs> do you? I do agree. You, okay. I agree. But I have – I – I think that it's amazing. I don't feel any type of hatred or like negative <laughs> anything to anyone who wants to go on. I think it's amazing. I think the more people, the better to kind of understand it better so the world can understand it better. Um, and I think it's being more and more accepted every single day. So I do think the people who go on it are better off for it. Do you see that by the time that, because 
there's certain things, there's certain trends, right? And I always use the Ed Hardy example, right? And I remember I bought a hat for my brother. He's out there. He's listening. And it was before anyone had it. That mesh hat was like $375. And I remember bringing it home to him. This is early 2000s maybe. And I brought it home to him. He's like, why are you buying me a mesh hat? I was like, you don't understand. This is like cutting edge. This is it. And then he went down and down at what it was. And he was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And then everybody started having it. And if you have it on now, seriously, just take it off. <laughs> yeah. Do you find social media like that? Like once a certain demographic starts getting a hold of it, that you're like, oh, we're on to the next? 100%. I think everyone who was opposed to it is on it now. <laughs> They are trying to make a career out of it. And I don't say that in a bad way. I say that as don't bash things you don't know. The amount of people I know that bashed me for doing TikTok and doing social media um, and tried to make me think that it wasn't a good idea and was like, I'm never going to do that. It's cringy and it's not worth it are all on it and are all trying to build a career out <laughs> of it. And I applaud them for it because I think it's amazing and I really hope that they can get there. But I don't feel like I should rub it in their face. But I'm just like... <laughs> Where where does the where does the humility where does the uh, the integrity come from? Because you talked about influencing, and you you know when we talked about before we started recording, you were, you were saying about the fact that some people are using their influence not in the most positive way. Like what keeps that north star for you, and keeps the kind of bumpers on the road, if you will, to keep you going down the road of positively influencing people as you go? Because literally, this thing could go off the rails. I mean, you can make a post and hit. Three quarters of a million people. I mean, you could do, I'm not saying Super Bowl commercial yet, but you're on the verge as you go along. By the time you're 30 years old, you're going to be, you're, you can post from your phone and hit as many people as watch the Super Bowl. How are you going to keep yourself in line? Who, who's the bumpers for you? Well, I think leading up to this point in my life, my parents have drilled it into my head to stay true to my values, okay. um, to what I find important. Um, I think that that's made me who I am today. So I think I have my head on straight for what I want to give out to the world, what I want people to feel when they're around me or when they hear me speaking. Um, so I just, I think in that way, I do have a clear head of what I want and what I want to post and what I want to give out and who I am. So if I stray away from that, I mean, if you stray away from it, that's fine. You should have new experiences and start to like new things. But um, there are some people who use their influence in ways that aren't benefiting their audience. That's all I'll say. On <laughs> so hel help us to understand too, because I think when people talk about like, you know, the, the list of entrepreneur and businesswoman, then, and then we put content creator and influencer. Let's talk about some of the specifics on it. How does, when a, when a person says, you're just posting, Take us through the nuts and bolts of that. You, t you hit on it just a little bit of you have brands that want you to post for them. Help us to understand this because this is a place where a lot of people don't understand. How does this happen? Do, I mean, does it magically, do they drop from the sky and show up at your house and like the lights come on and they're like, oh, I'm Nike and I want you to post this picture. How does it go, Georgie? Take us through. So when you're first starting out, it's, that's why people always say, if you want to start, you just have to post because the For You page on TikTok and when you scroll Instagram's Explore page, brands see people and the content they create and they say, I want that person to create my content for my brand. So then they find you and then they reach out to you. So when I first started, I would have brands reach out to me and then I would work with them and it was usually exchange for gifting. They'd send you something to post for them and that just gives you exposure, Kay. right? 
Um, and then as I grew, I recently signed with an agency, Kay. finally, which helps a lot. Um, so that process has got a little bit more in depth with it takes about a month to two months for a collaboration to roll all the way through. Okay. So you start with negotiations and then there's contracts and then they get revisions and you have to re when people do brand deals, you probably have to assume they refilm at least three times, full refilms, which is crazy as well. And that takes time because you have to edit and all this stuff. Um, but it's a long process, but it's very fun. When was the first one that you went from, hey, I'm going to send you out gifts, right? Because we hear about this. I mean, some, some people hear about this where they say, hey, can you wear my shoes? I'm going to send you, and you're always wearing shoes. But you can't use shoes as currency. So if you're going to pay rent or you're going to buy your car or pay your, for your car, whatever it is, you can't go to the dealership and be like, yo, I got these shoes. Can I trade you out these shoes for this thing? When did it, when was the first time that a brand got a hold of you and said, hey, we're going to pay X and we want you to post X? Um, I don't remember the exact brand, but I remember it was a vitamin company and they had reached out to me and I had never been paid for anything that I was doing. I didn't know what the rates were. I had no idea about any of that. I didn't even know you could have a career out of this at that time. I was How just old were you? Fun. This was right when COVID hit. So I was 17. You were 17 years old and somebody reached out to you and it was like, hey, can you post a picture Yes. and we'll give you money for it? Yes. That is gangster. It was weird. And when they sent me that, I was like, I was confused. I was like, is this what it is? Is this what it turns into? Can I make money from this? Um, and it was very shocking. And after that, that was the start of like me really researching and thinking, how do you turn this into a career? Can this be a career? Researching other people who are doing this. I had no idea. I was just filming videos for fun. Um, and that's what really pushed me to do this. So as it, as it started to grow, I know that you have a, a, a lip gloss line. Lip gloss, am I correct? Yes. Okay. Lip gloss line. Love it. I think it's amazing to be able to Thank see you. it. And you turned it, which I, I love, because we talked one time, and I don't know if you remember the conversation, but we talked about creating your own uh, ecosystem, if you will, right? Yes. And being able to have a, a situation where – you, you know, you manufacture it, you can sell it to your distri distribution, and then your distribution sells it to your, maybe your online store, and then your online store sells it to your customer, so by the time it hits your customer, you've rolled it over three or four times. Um, we've talked about these kind of things, but talk to us about the, the, the highs and lows of developing an actual physical product, and is it as easy as making it, and then all of the 600,000 people that you're influencing, do they just grab it right away? It wasn't easy. Uh, um, thank you. I think <laughs> that when you're doing something you love and you and it's hard, but you enjoy it, you're doing the right thing. So for me, that's what made it easy, yeah. is that I loved what I was doing. But I was, again, I was 17, 18 years old. Um, I had my parents' guidance, of course, but I was doing it for the first time, and they really wanted me to experience that. I learned a lot. I made a lot of mistakes. What were the mistakes that you made? Because I think that people, Georgie, when they look at you, first of all, when, when someone sees you, stunning, absolutely Thank stunning. You. Your whole family is beautiful. I mean, but you are, you. I mean, ridiculously beautiful. And a lot of times people associate beauty, especially physical beauty, with everything's going great in your life. And if I was you, then everything would work well too. But you don't understand me because my life isn't perfect like yours. Can you talk to us about some of the missteps that you made in developing the product? Because I think that inspires more people than the successes. Right. 
Well, firstly, I want to say I really want to thank you for bringing that up because that's one of my biggest things about social media is I hate, I don't hate, I dislike that people will look at someone and say they're perfect, everything's going well. I hate that connotation of social media. But second, um, I made a lot of mistakes in terms of marketing, Mm -hmm. to say first. Um, I thought it would be easier than what it was. I did develop a plan. I really tried my best, eh. but you have to do more, and I did learn that now. What was your plan, like when you first did? And what I'm going to do for our listeners out there, I'm going to do this because uh, Arrowhead has not paid Georgie yet, <laughs> um, and LaCroix, uh, most likely LaCroix, you would like to have Georgie influencing for you, but you're not yet. So we're going to move that away from you. Arrowhead, reach out, and LaCroix, reach out because Georgie. Sponsor me. Yes, exactly. But if not, she ain't drinking your water anymore. Um, so, uh Continue on with that. So my marketing plan, I did a bunch of research. I asked my parents. Um, but it's a lot harder than you think. You really have to plan very carefully in what you post and how you market and how long you're going to market your product for. Um, and I think I made a lot of mistakes in terms of that. But it's all learning, right? Yeah. I wouldn't have learned that if I had just I, if I had not done that. Because you can Google what's a marketing plan, which I followed. But it's more than that. So I definitely made mistakes with that. Um, I did pretty well with shipping and stuff like that. I was very organized and prepared. Um, I remember the night before I had bins of um, packaging bags and my stickers and my note cards and everything, and I was super prepared. But um, I think marketing was the biggest thing, which is why I'm going to school for it. What, what would you have done different? Like now that you know, now that you're the ripe old age of 21. 19. and ni- oh, 19. You're the I ripe wish old I was 21. You're, no, you don't. the ripe old age of 19 years old if you were to look back to 17 18 year old georgie and you were going to launch it again what would you have done different what would i have done different not to say it was bad because we all learn and things like that of course yeah but you know if you were to say like "Ah, i would have shifted that part of it that could have moved the needle a little bit better I think it, I changed excru- ex- extremely as a human being from that time to now. Um, I have a different vision for the brand I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of that, I would have changed a lot um, from the outside perspective of the products. Um, I would have taken a little more time. I was trying to, I did do it a little fast because I was so excited. I was like, I want to be an entrepreneur <laughs> right now, right? Um, so I would have taken a little more time and I would have, tried to perfect it, which I, everyone tries to perfect what they do at first. Of course. But I also think the lessons were meant to be there for a reason. And if I hadn't done it the way I did it, then I wouldn't know what I know now. What would you say to the young young kids out there that are, you know, kind of haphazardly posting, doing whatever, just having a good time? What what message would you want them to know about, like, what this actually can be? Because now it's, it's amazing because, you know, we know about your agency. I mean, um, now when Brooke has a photo shoot with you, she has to go through the agency. She used to be able to call Georgie up and be like, yo, Georgie, you know, and now it's, you know, it's amazing to be able to see what it is that you're doing and that you've turned it into a, a phenomenal business. What would your advice be to those young kids out there that are, that are starting along and what would maybe some actionable items, maybe top three actionable items for a kid that you weren't aware of when you just first started off and you were doing it? The advice I would give to someone who wants to start out in doing content creation, first off, I would say always be true to who you are and start posting what is true to yourself. Because if you don't just start posting and you don't 
be who you are, you're never going to get to where you want to go. Um, second, I would say you need to put the work in and you do need to work hard and you do need to have a routine and be on a schedule um, because a job like this, there's no one watching over you. There's no supervisor. You're your own boss. You make your own hours. You do everything on your own. So you need to be very strict with that. Um, I experienced falling off the rail a couple times um, and getting back up is definitely hard. So I would say that, and then I would say you got to have fun with it, and you got to put your effort in. Effort. What would you say is the the time frame? So, like, you know, in in the professional beauty industry, when I grew up in that industry, and and people would say it's going to take two years to build clientele. Um, you know, it it doesn't mean that you're not going to make anything at all, but it's going to take a little bit of time. What would be some of those? And I know you, you can't say it for anyone because somebody some people can get Oprah dust sprinkled on them. You know what I'm saying? And those are the outliers. What can a kid look at and look forward to or be aware of as they're going into this situation? And maybe that's talking to parents too, because the parents can understand what would you, what, what kind of param not parameters or limits, but what, what it, uh, insight would you give people on that? I would say, in terms of what to look forward to? Either look forward to or kind of be aware of because like say, say for instance with, with the professional beauty industry, 75% of the kids who graduate from school within two and a half years don't do hair anymore. Right. So it costs $25,000 to go to school for 11, uh, 10 months. Right. 25 grand. And within two and a half years, 75% of those kids aren't using that education. Right. So they have $25,000 in, in student loans that they are not going right. to make anything from. Right. You don't have to be in the 25, but if you make it two and a half years in one day, you're only dealing with 25% of the people. Right. Does that make sense? Right. So, you know, what are some of the kind of stats or things that a kid could look at that says like, oh, well, you know, maybe if I can, um, you know, is it, is it years? Is it months? Is it weeks? It depends. That's the thing with social media is it really depends. You know, people can blow up in one day and it can take someone a year Kay. to b build a following. I think that... There are so many advantages to being on social media, and there are also disadvantages, whether it's you're going to be judged for whatever you post. Um, but it takes a long time to build up a following, and that's, that's part of why I'm so grateful for where I am today because it worked out amazing for me. But, again, effort, it's how much work you put into it. It's how much time you dedicate to what you're doing because it takes a long time to build an audience, right? Um, but... I just think that for kids, you can do whatever you want, and this is the time to start, but you have to want it. And if you don't want it, then you're not going to get it. What are some of the missteps that you see on when we were talking about preparation for videos, right? And so what are some of those little hacks or things that you could say to a kid that would, I mean, literally change or shift what they were doing and them get a, a, a different response to it? What would be those little, like, specifics that they could do is it um do you need to have the typewriter running across with your text uh do you need to have little emojis running across the screen so, um my mom actually taught me this and she always told me when i was starting out she was like make sure you have great lighting she's like people are drawn to videos and photos that look very professional mm. she was like always be aware of your background and your lighting and i'm just like okay background lighting okay and you always want to so no bathroom selfie pictures where the bathroom like this gets me as i'm an I'm old get off my lawn guy 
and I'll see a beautiful picture and it's in the bathroom and it's obviously a public bathroom. See, the thing is, is that you can take a photo anywhere and it, it could blow up. It doesn't matter where you film. But for the most part, you want to make sure that you're having good lighting, good appearance, good everything. But I have filmed videos in my bathroom when it's dark and I'm in my pajamas and it's gotten like half a million views. It really just depends. A half a million. I posted like a skincare video and I was literally in my pajamas. So it it's a hit or miss with social media. Okay. But there are little things that you do want to be aware of most of the time. Um, How does a company reward you? So when they so for the skincare company, they, do they reward you based off of views? No. No. It depends on if it's a brand deal or not. Okay. Let's say that brand saw my video and saw it did well, then they're going to reach out and they're going to say, we want to work with you. Got it. But sometimes, so, so sometimes what that's, that's what we'll content creators will do is they'll post the product to get that brand to work with them. Got it. Now, do you see yourself, I mean, do you, do you see this game as like athlete though? Like, hey, I performed at this level. I've worked with you and I got 500. Then are you taking that to the negotiating table and saying I should get more from you because 100%, really? 100%. A lot of content creators will film. This is a strategy. This is a tip. Okay, I'm down. You film a video for a brand and you pitch it to them, right? You say, I just filmed this. If you want to use it, you can pay me X amount. Okay. Or if you're with an agency, you filmed a video for a brand. It did so well. Your agency will reach out to that brand and negotiate for you to get a brand deal. Okay. Right? Because that shows you have influence on that product. I just drove all these sales to your brand. So now I would like to work with you for compensation. Pro tip. How did you start to establish the price for Georgie? Because at 17 years old, I mean, you're doing it and you're excited about it. Then you get the first call and it's like, hey, I'm going to give you some skincare. I'm going to give you some makeup. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I'm doing this anyway. I get this. And then it shifts. How would you start to put a price for Georgie then? Well, that's another mistake I did make. I had no idea, which given no one does when they start, I had no idea what I was supposed to be charging. I was taking what I could get. What you? What was the first one then? What was the? Because when you said that, I saw you get uncomfortable a little bit when you were uh, saying, yeah. "How much was it?" So the first one I had three hundred thousand. Uh huh. About um, three hundred thousand followers. Right. Okay. Two hundred to three hundred thousand. Good God. Um, and someone wanted to pay me like thirty bucks for three posts, and I was like, I said no to that one. Okay. But there was somewhere it was like, um, who was this? Let's call them out. I'm just joking with you. You I don't have, have no to tell idea. me. But there is some brands that do take advantage of people. So when my sister gets um like emails or messages from brands wanting to work with her, she always will give me her phone and be like, should I do it or not? So I can be like, this one's not this one's not good, this one is good, because a lot of brands take advantage of you. And the amount of times I've been taken advantage, advantage of where it's been like seven posts for X amount, and it's not worth it. So when I got my agency, and they sent me over to approve my rates of what it should be for each individual thing, I was like... Okay, so give us a scale. You don't have to tell us the exact number. But give us a scale. Was it a one-time multiple? Was it a two-times multiple? Was it like, hey, I was charging them $4, and my agency came back, and it was 16 What was the multiple on it that your a- when your agency came back to you from based off of what you were? Well, see, the only reason I'm going to answer this question is... Because <laughs> you're on the podcast. Because I'm on the podcast. I don't usually talk about rates, but I think it's important. Don't say the rate people. exactly, but I want them to understand because I think a lot of times... Now, sometimes independent is phenomenal. It can work amazing. But everyone in this society thinks 
that I'm going to be independent. I don't need anybody. I'm just going to be my own business. And it's like, guys, one is too small of a number to succeed, right? Right. So it was a huge increase. Okay. Huge? Huge. Massive. Massive. Excessively massive? It was. Ridiculous? It was very humbling. Did it shock you? It more than shocked me. Did you run around the house? I did. I was screaming. I was like, I thought I was dreaming because I said, I've been doing this for so long and I didn't realize what. Hold on. So long. You've been doing it for two years. Two years. You are 19. Right. And you're running around your house because you got a compensation package. There is very few 19. There is very few 50 year olds that are running around. I bet you your dad hasn't run around his house in his whole entire life saying, hey, baby, I got this contract. It was most, it was because <laughs> I, at that moment, it was funny, but it's because I was like, I can make a living off this. Wow. I said, I, I'm doing something that I can turn into a career. And it was one of those moments where I was like, I can do it. Like, yes. this is a career for me. So that's really why I was so excited was because I was like, this is real. Like, this is a job I can do. I can go tell people and be like, I'm getting paid for this now. I was <laughs> like, I'm not just making silly videos. Like, I'm getting paid for this. How hit it, now, what type of pressure did that come with? It did come with pressure, but I do love pressure. Okay. I think it makes you better. I think it makes you stronger. Yeah. Um, it did come with an immense amount of pressure. Um, did, it, did it make the pressure of you having to be a little bit more conscious of the things that you were doing? You already had integrity anyway, and you already have a phenomenal influence for people and for the followers that you have. And I mean, you're wise beyond your years, as everyone can hear. But did it, did it like, because sometimes you find that, like, say, comedians, you'll see them out there and they're doing their thing. And then they, like, blow up. And when they blow up, now they have to be more conscious of the things that they say. The things they, but what attracted the audience was the things, them just being who they were. Exactly. How are you going to navigate that part of it? Well, first off, staying true to myself. Okay. 100% always. How'd you find that at 17 years old? When you said that like earlier, which I think is amazing and I love it. I want my daughter to be like that, right? Oh, that's so cool. I think it's so cool. But some people at 17 years old should not be true to themselves because at 17, you're making some pretty dumb decisions. How were you able to make good decisions at 17 years old? I think, I think having a career at this age that I know will last me a long time changes your mindset. It makes you grow up a lot faster. Um, and I mean, I don't, my parents always told me, be true to who you are. I did live, when I was in high school, I wasn't true to who I was, especially when I started TikTok. It was all about what other people thought of me. It was about society, the community, the people, my peers. Um, I wasn't true to who I was at all. And then I got out of high school and e I started doing e that. Explain that part to us because, um, I mean, was it, um, what kind of content were you posting during that time that, that now you look at and you say, it wasn't, it wasn't who I was? Well, for the most part, I was posting videos that I did like, but they were videos that I knew other people would like as well. Got it. If that makes sense. So yeah. if I posted a dance, but I had my friend with me, this is me and my friend, so you're not going to talk about me and my friend because we're doing it together and we both accept it. But if it's just me and then everyone's looking at me and they're like, we don't accept that, that's weird. It's different. So it was things that everyone else was doing or liking. And then, so that was like dances, trends. I still got made fun of. I would cry every day at school. I'm not even joking you. But after I got out of high school and then quarantine hit, and I was just home, I didn't have to go out and see anyone, that's when it started. That's when I was posting anything I wanted that was true to me, and that's when it took off. So that's why I always say, 
be who you are because that's what got me to where I am today. If I just kept posting the videos I was posting in high school that everyone else wanted to see, I would have been stuck. Talk to us too about, uh, you, you alluded to it earlier about being raised in another country. And I find that there's an unfair advantage when you're raised in another country because you look at America and the opportunities in a completely different way. How has that shaped you and what advantage has it given to you that you were born in another country and raised in another well, country? I was, born, I was born here. Okay, you are born I here. I was born in Virginia. Got it. Um, That's I another country. <laughs> I'm just joking, Virginians. Um, I lived in New York till I was three and then we moved overseas. Okay, where'd you go? So we went to Saudi Arabia. Kay. I lived in Dubai for the most. I lived in Dubai for six years. Okay. And then we were in Bahrain for three years. Okay. Um, the best experience of my life. I want to raise my kids there one day soon. Um, but with that being said, if I hadn't come back to the United States at the age I did, I don't think I'd be in the place I am today. What advantages do you see? What, what things did you see? Because again, like a lot of times people, first generation American or that they grew up in another country, they come here and they're like, oh my gosh, there is so much opportunity. It's so not easy, but it's simple if you execute which you've talked about over and over again. You've said, like, you have to put in the work. And I hope that everyone out there hears this that, uh, and, and listens to that and, and lets the gravity of that statement set in because, you know, when we're talking about a following and an influence of three-quarters of a million people, I mean, that's a small country. It doesn't come like that. And even when it does, so we see it, it still didn't because there was probably tons of work that went into it before. Right. What advantages did you see when you came to America, when you got back here? Um, lifestyle was very different. Opportunities were very different. Things were a lot easier. Things overseas, I have to be honest, were a little more closed off, as if I can say that. Um, it was, it's really similar. I have to say, it is really similar, and it wasn't a big shift for me. It was a big shift in the people, not so much the opportunities. Because you can do the same thing you can do there here, but it's the lifestyle, the way you interact with people that I found was the most different. So How so? I think when I came, I think growing up over there and going to school over there, it opened my eyes a little bit more. So when I came here, and I would talk about living overseas and, like, things I learned culturally or being culturally diverse. And I would talk to people here, and they would be like, what are you talking about? Or they would say, what is that? Or what is Dubai? I, someone told me they were like, did you ride to school on camels? <laughs> I'm not joking. Someone really did say that to me. And they were serious. So in terms of that, I think I had a broader perspective of the world. And then coming here, my opportunity skyrocketed. Because there's so many TikTokers and social media content creators all over the world now, but it started here, mm. right? It started in the U.S. So, so when, you're, when you're talking about it, too, as far as the, whether the content creation, the, the um, TikTok influencer, um, help a person to understand why it's not a – let me uh, see how I can put this um, – connotations with the generations go hand in hand most of the time. You probably always hear entitled, lazy, um, don't want to work. Can you talk to that? Um, for example, my family 
is a business family. Everyone goes into business. They work in corporate, which I respect. And that's what I was going to do. That was Mm -hmm. my plan. So I feel like when everyone heard about what I was doing at first, it was kind of like she's posting a lot on her social media. She's showing a lot of herself. She's being very vulnerable on social media. That was hard. In terms of lazy and entitled, I get that every single day. That's just, when people look at me on social media, that's what they're going to think. And that's what everyone thinks about anyone on social media, I feel like. Um, So that's why it's very hard. That's one negative thing, is that it's very hard to try to be yourself when people are going to completely ignore the things you say, the way you act, the way you show up, because you're a girl on social media, you're a guy on social media, and you're entitled and you're lazy because you get to post and that's your job. Well, I think it was amazing. There was a guy named Eli, and when I said this to him, I said, uh, you know, what? how do you react to that? And he said, well, I, I don't really react because it, I don't, I just choose not to work stupid. And I, at first I was offended. I was like, please, can you help me with this? And he's like, no, I mean, if it takes you two hours to do something, I can use an app and it would take me 10 seconds. Why would I take two hours? He said to me, that's stupid. Work smart. Right? And so we've heard that. In my generation, you've heard work smarter, not harder. But you, that's exactly what you're doing. And a lot of times, our generation is, is almost speaking out against that because they don't understand. What's the other parts that you wish they understood? I wish they would understand that as a teenager doing this, I got an opportunity just like anyone else in social media did, and I took that opportunity. And I think I would be lazier if I hadn't, and I had just been like, you're right, I'm just entitled if I take this. I took an opportunity, and it turned into something that I love and I am happy doing and I appreciate. How can you judge someone for that? If you had that opportunity, wouldn't you take it? So you love what you do. I love what I do. And you will continue to do what you love for the rest of your life. I I hope so. (laughs) I hope I can branch out and do... There's so much that I do want to do um, that's not related to social media that I'm passionate about, and I hope that this gives me the opportunity to do that. But as of right now, I couldn't ask for something better. What are some of the things that you want to do? I have always wanted to work overseas with children in orphanages. Mm-hmm. I, In the school I went to in Dubai, it was mandatory. You would go on a trip when you were in high school to like Uganda or any place, and you would work with orphans, and you would build houses, and you would go with all your friends, and I had left before I got to do that, because I left in middle school, and since then, I, I've always, I've always wanted to do that. It was like the number one thing I was excited to do, and I didn't get to do it. What about the young ladies out there that, um, you know, mental health is a, is a huge thing, and especially with the pandemic, um, you know, there's so many young ladies dealt with it, not just young ladies, young men did too, um, but I've, I've got a daughter, and so this is, this is a um, selfish question for me, is how can you, with, with all of the influence out there, right? And I didn't grow up with cyberbullying. I didn't grow up with, you know, posting something and then 50,000 people, well, I mean, 10 people in my social media that uh, would, would say something to me with you. You know, you have half a million that could comment on it. Um, how speak to the young ladies out there and how can they keep the I mean you walked in today you walked in not only looking beautiful but you walk in with such confidence and I I said you were 21 earlier because I'm sitting and I'm like there's no way at 19 years old you could be composed the way that you are right so 
talk to those young kids out there, like the young ladies out there. What are some of the things that they can put in place to make sure uh, some actionable items for them that they can make sure that they don't, um, you know, bend to the pressures that are there that are so prevalent? That is a wonderful question. I'm so happy you asked that. Um, I'm right there with every single girl that's dealing with cyberbullying or dealing with mental health issues, um, as I have over the past couple years with COVID, with everything. I think the number one thing I would say to you is that bullies are bullying from a place of hurt. Anyone who says something to you or causes you to feel bad about yourself is saying that from a place of hurt. And it takes so much time to be so sure of yourself and I get that, and it's a long process, but you have to you have to be a part of the process, right? I think that mental health was so frowned upon before COVID, in a, in a way. To be honest, I think people didn't take it very seriously, and I was blind to the bigger picture until I experienced it, and from what I can say from my experience to all the girls feeling this is that most girls are feeling it, whether they are the ones doing the bullying or being bullied. And the one thing that got me out of it was blocking it out, as hard as that is. What did you experience? What, like, what were some of the things? Because when when I talk about it, like when when uh, you know, in in my generation, and I'm I'm the old guy in the van down by the river, um, but the reason why I think our generation with mental health it, it wasn't a discussion is because when someone thought about mental health, we had a connotation with an institutionalized person. That's what it was. You guys, and, and when I say you guys, your generation has a completely different side. It's almost like uh, the way that it helped me to understand it was you have physical health, like you work out at the gym. It's the same thing with your brain. It never connected with me. That never did until someone told me that because of all the things that I had associated with it in the past. What were some of the things that you dealt with? Um, it started when I started doing TikTok in school. It was firsthand. People would, they would mimic my dances in class, and everyone would laugh, and I would just kind of sit there. Um, people would constantly talk was about Was this girls or boys? Both. Okay. Were you up on the fact that the boys that were making fun of you were just boys that liked you? I honestly didn't pay attention to any of the boys. Okay. Um, I Thank you. Can you say that again? I didn't pay attention to any of the boys. Can you say that again for all the 13-year-olds out there that are named McKenna that are at uh, Aviar Oaks High, uh, Middle School? Oh, my gosh. I went to Aviara. <laughs> but, yes, ignore them all. Yes, um, all of them? Forever? It's not worth No. No? No. Okay. Except your dad. Boys that turn into men are amazing. Okay. And it is an amazing experience. But... At the age of middle school and high school, it's not even worth it. Okay, good. Um, but anyway, so I, girls and boys, I was, I don't know how I did it. It was kind of just like, I don't really care. But on the inside, I would cry, and mm. I would be like, I don't know what to do. But I didn't stop posting. Um, so I would get that every single day. Also, my close friends at first were like, it's a little cringy, it's a little weird. But that happened when it started turning, when I got serious about it. Uh-huh. That's when it was like, it's cringy. People to this day are like, you're cringy. I'm like, I'm cringy, but I'm making money and I'm doing a job, right? I was <laughs> like, why do I care that I'm cringy? You know what I mean? But it takes a long time to get that mentality. Where do you think that confidence came from and who gave you permission to do that? I think myself. I think okay. when I became sure of myself, when I said, this is what I love, 
that's my truth. I love this. This is the job I want to do, and it makes me happy. Uh-huh. So I'm going to worry about myself. I never used to worry about myself. It was always everyone around me. Did your parents, I mean, were there things that your parents instilled early on? Were there things that they were saying to you over and over again, kind of mantra-ish, like, you know, you're beautiful no matter who you are or whatever it was? Was there things that mom and dad were saying? They were. They did say things, but they were also very hard on me in terms of things, and I think that that's made me who I am today. They. What were they hard on you for? Um, <laughs> Mom and dad, you're about to get way, called out. In I'm a just way joking. that, you know, the way I would speak to people, the way that I would present myself, the things I would do, how I would show up. When I started posting on social media, my parents too were like, what are you doing? They were like, this is fun, but like, what do you mean it's going to be a job? They had no idea. And their support and the mentality and the things, the work ethic they instilled in me made gave me the confidence. You know, I love to please my parents as as that sounds oh, they're my good. parents and I do want to make them proud and when I see that they are proud of me that's what gives me the confidence because if I'm worried about anyone it's the man upstairs yeah. and it's my parents right so that gives me the confidence not any other person who doesn't know me they know me best right so when you were when you were talking about the mental health issues was it more of an anxiety side was it the depression side I got in trouble for this because uh, I spoke uh, to a, a large group of people, and, and I wasn't minimalizing it because I've, I've dealt with both. Right. Um, you know, I, I lost both my parents within the last three years, and um, it's not like, oh, woe's me, or mine's worse than anybody, but I've gone through these things. I viewed them a little bit different just because the way that my parents raised me. I viewed my depression um, was you were in a dark place, and when you were in a dark place, it, you were meant to rest. So, be, and the only place that you could truly rest is in the dark. So whenever I got depressed, I took that time to be able to make sure that I was resting and that I, I thank God for it because of that. When I got anxiety, it was hyper-focused because you can't get your mind off that one thing. But if I look at every single successful person that I know, they know how to hyper-focus and they know how to channel it in a certain area. So if you have anxiety, you have the ability to hyper-focus, which if you use it to your positive, it could be amazing. If you have depression most of the time you do need to get some rest and repair yourself. Right. And that's the time to do it. I said that and the person thought I was minimalizing both sides. I didn't say it right off the bat that I experienced both of them. And that's the way I dealt with it. Um, was, it a, was it a depression or was it a anxiety? Or, and, and then how did you deal with it at the time? And how does it feel? How did you know that it was a mental health issue because I think that there's a lot of kids out there that are experiencing it and they just don't know what it is. Well, first off, I'm so sorry to hear about your parents. Oh, it's okay. You um, didn't do it. But if you did it, we'd have a problem, I Georgie. They're in a really good place. I know they They're are. They're dancing the on streets place. of gold. <laughs> in the best place. Um, if I'm going to be honest, which I love to be honest yeah. because everyone's learning in life, I had the view that it made me weaker to say I wasn't doing okay. And so when I had anxiety about everything going on in high school, I was like, I would push it aside. And all of that built up into the next couple of years when I just had a burnout. And I was like, I need to take a break. Stop for one second, because like when you start to feel anxiety, what does it feel like? Like if you were explaining it to a four-year-old and they couldn't, like you couldn't just say, you know what it's like, because they don't. How would you explain it? Is it like someone holding you underwater? Is it your heart beating really fast? 
for me, the best way I can explain it is every horrible thought, every thought you've overthought in your head is just getting thrown in there. Every bad thought is just filling up your head, and then it's all filled up with all these things you're overthinking about, and then it just, like, explodes. Wow. Do you think a four-year-old would understand? Yeah, I mean, like, you think every about... Every bad... If it was a four-year-old, everything you're scared of filling up in your head. Or chasing you. Yes. Wow. That's the, the reason why I ask is because a lot of people don't... Like, I remember... Um, driving my son to school and the car broke down and I remember my heart beating really fast and just being so scared that the people behind me was going to judge me and the people in the parking lot were going to be and then my son the next day I took him to school again I fixed the car and then I took him to school again he's like dad can we break down again so I could go play on the playground but in my I was and I remember that feeling when I was a kid because that's what I lived with every single time I got in a car because every single car that we had was on the verge of breaking down. And I didn't know that I was feeling that. Right. But the reason that's the reason why I ask it because there's so many kids out there and so many followers that you have that are maybe feeling a certain thing. Maybe they have those monsters that are chasing them and they don't realize that, you know, that that's what it is. They just think that this is the way life is and it doesn't have to be that. If I can say the one thing that helped me overcome my anxiety, I will always have anxiety. Everyone will. But someone once told me, they said, every single person on this planet has a fear that they're not good enough or what they're doing isn't good enough. Even if you don't think it's true, everyone has that fear and everyone doubts themselves. And once you realize that every single person has that fear, it takes a little bit of anxiety away because we're all trying to get to the same place. We're all trying to get through life. So once you kind of understand that, you know, that person has anxiety because they don't think they're good enough or what they're doing is good enough and neither do you, it takes a little weight off your shoulders because, you know, everyone's equal. Yeah. So when you when you had that little timeout, you know, let's call it, take us through the process of that. How could a person take a timeout and how were you able to do it and what, what was the process of it and what did it look like? Taking a timeout when being a content creator is horrible. You need to be on your phone all the time. And when you take a break, you can lose followers. You can lose engagement. You can lose brand deals, which happened to me. So when I was taking a break, I was more stressed than I was when I wasn't taking my break because my follower count went down. My engagement went down. When I started posting again after I took a break, and I think I started with a week. I started with a week. And my views were down. And then that put me in a deeper hole. So Emotionally? emotionally um and so and then i just realized i was like it fluctuates your engagement's always going to fluctuate but if i want to be my best self and put the best content out there i needed a break and so i just i said you don't you want to unfollow me unfollow me i don't you know you don't want to like my video that's totally fine i can build it back up being better so i took the break and um i think i came back yeah. So ha- as you go along, because I think that like what what I'm what I'm hearing is, you know, the constant crazy work ethic, which is amazing. I not only hear it, but I see it because my wife's around it. And, you know, we get a chance we discuss and she brags about you all the time. And we're we're hugely inspired by you and what it is that you're doing. What. Road blocks do you see down the road what things do you see down the road because when you just mentioned it I stepped off for a little bit I took a break things you know kind of go away for a little bit 
how can one do what you do but get off the carousel of performance and performance-based, like because we, we can refer to it as performance-based anxiety, right? So it's like when I'm performing, I'm, I'm, I'm getting. When I'm not performing, I'm not getting. And so when you were talking about like you went into a deeper when you when you didn't, even though you were taking a break from that stuff. What things do you see down the road that maybe, you know, are going to are going to cause challenges? And then what things do you think that you could put in place that will circumvent those challenges? I think at this time in my life, um, I'm working as hard as I can to get to a place where I can take a break and be fine. Kay. And that's about building an audience that's loyal to you and that values your opinion, building uh -huh. a strong audience. Um, but down the road, I hear from a lot of content creators who are much older than me. And they say their biggest thing has been balancing work and their mental health and their personal life because when you're working in social media, it's very hard to turn off. Okay. Um, because you don't want to miss something. You don't, again, you don't want your engagement to go down or, s or whatnot. But I think balancing, um, I hate to not be working. I feel lazy, which is horrible. But um, everyone, I mean, down the road, my biggest fear, everyone fears that they're going to fail or that everything's going to go away or that you're not going to get to where you want to go. Um, so I just, I really do try to just live in the moment and just be grateful for where I am now and that I'm doing the best that I can and whatever roadblock I hit, I know I'll get through it, so. So this is the question that I think all the dads, the dads are probably going to want to ask and the moms too is because at the age of 19 and, and moving on, there's going to start to be relationships that come into the life, right? How do you, I mean, how, how, how are you going to navigate those things? Because now you got, uh, it's not just Georgie down the street that lives down the street from me. This is Georgie that could show up at any store and a kid be like, oh, that's Georgie from TikTok. I know her. How do you prepare yourself for those kind of things? And in relationships, because you see it all the time, like one person that maybe isn't in that world and doesn't understand the world, and then you have one person in it, and they, I mean, so there, there is a divide there. Do you only choose a person that is in the same industry? Is that going to be something that is important to you, or do you choose somebody who is outside because it, it grounds you in a different way? I think it's whoever I gravitate more towards. Okay. I don't think I want to put any type of label on it that says not this person or not that person because – Every person's a human being, and I wouldn't want someone to judge me because of the job I have and say that I'm not any better than someone normal because I have a presence or whatnot. So I think it's just who people are as people, right? Um, and how I feel when I'm around them, the energy they bring, how they make me feel, how they motivate me. In terms of people who I see who know about social media versus who don't know about social media. I think it's all about being intentional in the way you make people feel around you um, so that they don't have those negative connotations. So when you're taking, uh, you know, say like young people um, and, you know, what would you say as far as audience-wise, what, what age-wise is your audience? Oh, definitely from 13 to 30. Okay. Probably. If you only had three things that you could say to them and then you never got to see them again, you never got to talk to them again, what would the three things be? Live your life with intention, not being reactive. 
um, because when you're intentional about things, um, life works out better, I feel like, versus being so reactive. I think that's the biggest lesson. Uh-huh. That's something I would want everyone to know. The next thing I would say to somebody have to look at life with open eyes and you have to look at people with open eyes and you have to be you have to have you have to be able to accept people and to be willing to hear other people because if you live your life closed off to things to opportunities to opinions you're going to just limit yourself, and in the end, that's going to hurt yourself. Um, and then the last thing I would tell someone is, especially at my age, is to open your ears more and close your mouth. <laughs> because that's something my parents have always taught me, yeah. and it is so true. And if you're a teenager or you're young, open your ears because the things that people say to you are going to make you more bright in the long run. Because we're all so naive. I mean, still, I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. I'm still a kid, so I love listening to other people versus talking so much as if I know what I'm talking about when they've had like 30 years or more experience. (laughs) What's the most valuable thing that your mom's ever told you? (sighs) The most valuable thing my mom has ever told me. Well, there's two. The first thing she always tells me is be ready to be ready to be ready to be ready. And she has told me that like every single day ready for everything always prepare yourself always be ready for an opportunity to come by for you to meet the most incredible person ever be your best self um and she her mom told her this and she tells me to be kind what does kind mean to you i hope people feel i don't know how to word this kind is when people are around you and they feel peaceful. Kind is when you're around someone and they feel peaceful and they treat you with respect and they treat you like you're important. That to me is being kind. What's the most important thing your pop told you? Oh my goodness. He has told me so many things. Oh. Um, well, I can't use the F word, but stop <laughs> giving a blank about what people think about you. She could have used it if she wanted to, guys. You know that. But I, we appreciate you not. My daughter will probably listened to this, so I'm, I'm glad. And your followers, too. I think, I think it's a, a, a really good thing. But I that's what he says to me always. Stop caring what people think. Because he knew I struggled with that, especially being on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad lives his, his life so independently being kind, but he does what makes him happy, and you see how people glow when they do that and how far he's gotten being himself. You attract better people for you, experiences that cater to you. Um, I'm still working on it, trust me. I am not even close to getting there, (laughs) but that's important. How do you keep, because like you're, uh, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but the generation that you live in is all about hacks, right? It's all about like a little life hack here and a little life hack there, a little hashtag here and I can do this and I can do that hashtag and I can go this way. I can do this at, or I can post it this time. How do you separate when you have these things and these tools that literally can spiral something completely in a good way out of control or it can go down the other way? 
how are you able to, you, you kept talking about staying true to yourself. How are you able to differentiate between the two, right? Because there are things that you can do, right? And especially as a young lady, there's things that you can do that you could get attention immediately. 100%. Right? And you know them. Like, you could do it, and it would just be bang, and that's just going to happen. How do you know the difference between the two? Because some people could be like, well, I'm just using the hack. It's still me, but I'm using the hack, and then that's a slippery slope, and I watch those things happen all the time. How, do you, how are you able to navigate that? Because when I look at myself, I want to feel proud of who I am. Mm. I want to feel that I am succeeding because I am who I am and because I value certain things. And that's why I, whether I've gotten an opportunity where I've been able to skyrocket, whether I could do something that I know would get me 3 million followers, whatever it is, I wouldn't respect myself if I had done something that's not true to myself. Do you see followers as a currency? No. No? When I look at my followers, I see people who looked at me and said, I want to follow this girl. Um, I want to listen to her opinion. Um, I want to see what she's wearing. I want to see what she's talking about. To me, that you can't put a price on people who value you, you know? Because they didn't, you know, some people are going to follow me because they want to troll me or they want to make fun of me or find something I'm doing that's wrong. Okay. That followers help. But in the long run, they're supporters. They, if I didn't have my followers, I probably wouldn't be here. Well, I definitely wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not the money. They just supported me to get that. How can you take, I mean, because most of the people out there listening, number one, if you're just listening, um, you know that you're not hearing the voice of a 19-year-old girl. Um, if you're watching, I mean, you, you see Georgie. I mean, again, I can say that you're, you're beautiful, but it's not just about the way that you look. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a beauty about understanding and knowing who you are. And for a dad, like I'm a dad, to be proud of that and to say like, well, at 19 years old, I would like my daughter to be able to sit across and talk and be able to conduct herself in the way that you do. What's the secret sauce? Like how can, like speak to the dads out there. What can they do for their daughters in the relationship that they have to help them? Because- most dads think, I'm just going to get a gun, and I'm going to coop my daughter up, and she ain't going to wear no makeup, and that's going to be that, and that's going to turn out great, which it never does. Right. What can a dad do, and what did your dad do to help to be able to create the, the woman and the lady that you are? Let me be honest. Um, every parent starts out, no makeup, no boys, no going out. You always start like that. I had that. Um, I would steal makeup from so many places, but <laughs> at what age? Oh my goodness, seventh grade. I remember I found this like old eyeliner palette in the garbage, and I like grabbed it. My mom threw out her old palette, and I would like, I, she would drop me off at school. I would run to the corner, open up a compact mirror, put the eyeliner on, go to school, go to the bathroom, wash it off. She would pick me up. For what? I don't know. I don't know why I thought that was cool. <laughs> I don't know. They said it for a reason, which I know now, <laughs> but um. Looking back at what my dad has done is up until I got out of high school, he showed me and mirrored what he wanted me to be as a woman, and then he gave me that freedom 
go out and be that. Um, with guidance, of course, along the way. But guidance not as in do this, don't do this, be this, act this way, talk respectfully. So You know what I mean? And once he, you know, they, he brought me up the way he wanted to, and then he let me be free, and then he could critique me a little bit. I feel like that's what you have to do. Your, your daughters are going to be who they're going to be. All you can do is help them with their mindset and with their attitude and with not what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. You know, if, they're, if they want to go and be a race car driver, they're going to be a race car driver, but it's who they are as a person, if that makes sense. How can we stop our daughters from dating silly boys? Um, my dad would be asking me the same question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an answer. No you answer at all? There's no, there's no hack on There's no app? There there's no app? I wish there was a There's one, no two, hashtag three, on TikTok that no, we could do? I wish. Can the dad do a TikTok dance and stop his da- but a daughter from... Maybe if we could be super cringy on TikTok, then the boy would be like, I don't want to hang out with his daughter. Would that work? There is like, I think my dad's done everything in the book, and it just doesn't work. (laughs) I think you just have to let people learn and have their experience, because once they have that first experience with a silly boy, it's over. It's over. No more silly boys are allowed. Okay. You have to experience it. What advice would you give to your uh, little sister? I know you guys are super close. I mean, in the things that you're going through, she's younger than you. Am I correct? What advice do you give to her? And, I mean, a lot of times, I think, as an older sibling, you think, like, I'm going to say it, but they're never going to listen. And they don't really. But we do. I'm a younger brother. If my brother called me right now and just said, man, I'm proud of you. Like, it makes my day. It makes my week. I could run up and down the street. I could do anything. If my brother calls me and says, yo, bro, I believe in you. It just runs. So if you're a big sister, a big brother out there, call your little brother, call your little sister, and tell them that they are awesome, that they're amazing, and that you're so proud of them, and watch what they do. But what advice do you give to your little sis? I talk to her as I w- as if I would want someone to talk to me. Um, my sister is someone who is like truth or no truth. There's no beating around the bush with her. Uh-huh. I tell her the truth. I say, you know, this is what I experienced this is what I learned, and I promise you, I wish I could go back and change it. I would do this. I say I would never lie to you. She knows I would never lie to her. We're brutally honest with each other, and I think over time she has she has strong trust in me. She trusts what I say, and she knows that I've experienced a lot. And it's funny because sometimes my mom will tell her the same thing, and she'll be like, "No," and then I'll tell her, and she'll be like, "Okay, right." Because it's fresh out of the same scenario. We're so close in age that it's like I just experienced it. So I feel like she's more likely to listen. So I will be like, I'll ask my mom and be like, what, do, what should I respond to this? So she'll listen. And my mom will be like, tell her this. I'm like, okay. And I honestly, as simple as it sounds, I think there's not only the fact that you just went through it, but it's the big sister thing. Big sister, big brother, I'm going to say this to you again. If you have a little brother, you have a little sister, call them today. Text them now and tell them how proud of you are of them. And it will give them wings. I literally, I go nuts. I'm 46 years old. I got two kids. I got a wife that loves me. I got a, you know, I'm very, very, very loved. But my brother, when he calls me, curtains. I don't give a, I don't care what's going on. He does that. I'm on fire. So make sure that you do I that. I will definitely do that. Make sure you do that as often as possible. Um, I know that uh, there's some challenges with your pop over the last couple of years, too. Yeah. And... I could see it, like I could see it. There was times where I would see you, and I could see it on you. I could see it weighing heavy. And it goes to that fact of when people look at the outside and they see, you know, a bunch of followers or they see a beautiful woman, they see a beautiful woman in your, your mom too. Your mom's a very beautiful woman. 
a lot of times they think life is perfect. Um, two questions. One, how did the way that your dad treated your mom affect you as a daughter? Because your dad loves your mom and cherishes her. And then number two, what your dad went through, how did it affect you as a daughter? The way my dad treated my mom in what sense? Just as far as growing up, like, you know, the respect level that he has for her, the, the amount of love that he has for her, what can, how, how big of an effect is that, does that have on a daughter? That's a good question. Um, I have great questions. Yes. It has made my standards go to an ultimate high. Really? Ultimate high. I, someone, um, one boy once told me, he said, you're never going to find someone that meets your standards. And I was like, there's one that literally, um, he's my dad. That standard, right? Like what standards is. were these? What were some of the things that you saw so people can kind of understand the gravity of it? What were some of the things that, that you saw your dad doing, you know, connecting with your mom um, that held your standard to this level? A lot of people think when you say high standards, you say nice cars, private jets, trips, roses, dinners. But it's actually the complete opposite. And I think the highest of standards is having 100% support. 100% honesty, treating people kindly, um, being able to communicate and understand each other in a level where there's no judgment, there's just support. You feel like this or you're wrong in this way, but I'm not leaving. That's the standard, right? Not the roses. I don't care about roses. They're going to die. Give me honesty. Give me effort. Give me something that I can't lose. Talk to us, too, about the, you know, your pop your pop going through some sickness. I mean, uh, cancer has been something that's been close to my family, too. Um, how did it affect you? Um, I, um, it was the hardest time of my life. If you looked at my social media, you would have no idea, which is something I regret. I wish I did show that part, but I couldn't even, like, process it. Um it was something that once you're out of it, you look back and you're just like, how, just how does that even happen? Um, it was really bad. It was really bad. It was really hard, but um, I'm through it, and it feels really good. What stage was it? Four. It was very bad. And it was, my mom had cancer when I was in high school. So when my mom first got diagnosed with cancer, um, it was like, what, <laughs> right? Um, she beat it, thankfully. Um, and we were like, you're done, right? We're like, we don't have to worry about it again. We're so blessed. Everything is great. Boom. Stage four. And I remember when I heard, um, I overheard my mom and dad talking about it, and I just like ran outside, and I, I was like, I don't understand. How can it be my dad, too? But I, my family and I got the best outcome possible, so when I think back on my experience, I feel grateful, but then I also feel for those who didn't get the outcome that I got, and I can't imagine their pain. So that doesn't dismiss anyone's pain, right? But um, we are very blessed in the outcome we got. Because you just got a clear... We just got a clear scan. We did. When, would it, when did this happen? Um, it happened yesterday. We got the clear scan, um, which when he was... So he was put in the hospital... The beginning of February, he had just finished a chemo session. Um, they told us he had pneumonia and meningitis. Um, he was put on a ventilator. He couldn't breathe. 
So, and the doctors basically were like, you guys have done, like, you've, um, and he woke up and, and he was fine and everything was gone. And we were all on cloud nine for a week. We could not understand what was going on. And we were like, this was a real life miracle, like in front of us, like stuff you read. And you're like, someone touched a person and they were cured. It was something like that. It was crazy. Because the doctors the night before were like, it's done. And we all went home like preparing ourselves, right? And then my mom FaceTimed us the next day and he was like normal. And we were like, okay, but we still have the cancer to deal with. And now we just got the call that it's gone. So we are over the moon, happy. And um, definitely, I think all of our shoulders fell yesterday. It was all like built up. You know, he was still going to have cancer. And once you get that call, you just, you relax. What do the three quarters of a million people not know about you? I, like everybody else, have been through a lot. I've dealt with life. Um, life isn't easy, and it hasn't come easy, no matter what you may think when you see me. Um, I think that people look at people and they say, their life is perfect. They live in this place. They're wearing these shoes. They're dressing like this. They're wearing this type of makeup, so their life is perfect, and they have no problems. That is so not true. Um, I have had my fair share of problems. You know, everyone's is different, but that doesn't mean the pain is less or more for each person. So I want people to know when they see me that, you know, be aware that everyone goes through things behind the camera. Um, and nextly, I am so sensitive on the inside. I am one of the most sensitive people, but you wouldn't know that when you look at me. But internally, I'm very sensitive, and I feel like people don't know that because I do come off as I feel like my sister tells me all the time. She's like, you just like don't look like you care to other people. But I am very sensitive. And to people who are close to me, they know that because it's about communicating. You know, they know who I am. But when it's like people online, I'm not going to act like I care because I don't. But internally, I'm very sensitive. What could the three quarters of a million people, I just keep saying that because I want people to gain the gravity of it. What could they do? What could be a well, little thing that they did that would just honestly make your day? And when I say that, like for me with all my buddies, um, if they listen to a podcast, I go nuts. If my wife comes home and tells me like something in the middle of a podcast that, that we were talking about, and she says, I love this part that you said. I'm like on cloud, nice, simplest little tiny thing. What could the three quarters of a million people do that would just send Georgie into a different orbit? Them just watching my content, to me, is the biggest thing that they could do. Um, it lets me do what I want. It gives me that freedom. But there are some times when I get messages from my followers and they say things like, I just wanted to let you know, like, I love watching your videos, or this video helped me in this way, or I watched this video and I really want to ask your advice on this question. And that's what I want at the end of the day because I don't just want to post and have them look at my videos. I want to actually develop connections and be able to share what I know and my experiences with them. So a lot of people will be like, if I message her, she's not going to respond. The people who message me, I respond to every single message from someone asking me a question or anything about my videos, I always respond because, you know, 
they should be treated how I wanna wanna, would want to be treated. So I want to give them what I can, not just videos. Georgie, what have you never told anyone? What have I never told anyone? Is this like, like a like a funny thing, like a random thing? That's just some that I mean. The reason why I say it is because a lot of times we don't get a chance to be able to know a person, right? We get glimpses of it. We get what they want us to know. What What is the thing that that you've never told anybody? Something I've never told anybody. This is like a really hard question. Because <laughs> I'm so open with my family. Like, I tell them everything. Like, it's not something I don't tell people. I think it would be... Like, say, for instance, the other day, we were in Hawaii. And I went and I wanted to borrow a pen from the concierge. I went to the concierge. The concierge wasn't there. There was a barrier one of those COVID barriers, I looked around. I could reach around it, and I stole a pen. Okay, something like that. And I stole a pen, and now, I was convicted the whole time while I was there, while I was writing with this pen, because I was writing letters to my daughter, to my wife, McKenna, I love you, Brooke, I love you, but it was a confiscated pen. I stole it. And then I was so convicted that I, I went back before I left, and I gave it back to the concierge. And I was like, I borrowed this pen. I didn't borrow it, I stole it. And then, and I said, but is there any pen that you have that's maybe not a nice one? Because this was a nice one. Is there any pen that you have that I could have because I'm going on the plane and I want to write? And she looked at me and she was like, you can have this one. I, I didn't tell anyone that. Okay, well, I feel like the one I was going to tell you, I could, like, get in trouble with the cops. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> it happened a long time ago, so I don't think I will. They can't convict. Um, so when I first got my license, Kay. my parents don't even know this. Yes. Mom when and dad, we love you. When I first got my license, um, I was driving around. There's a forum mm-hmm. nearby. Um, and I was trying to park and I was driving a really big car. It was like one of the big SUVs Kay. and it was a skinny spot. And I rammed into someone's car and then I just left. <laughs> Not because I wanted to tell them. Uh-huh. I really wanted to tell them. Yeah, sure, Georgie. But I didn't want to tell my dad I hit someone's car. Okay. Because that would be worse. Okay. That would be way worse. So, so he I knows now. Him, so I told him someone hit me. Yes. I was like, someone backed into my car, Dad. I love it. So if you're watching this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and if your car got jacked, my wife was actually parked at the forum and got someone ran into her and... And we've never known who it was, and now we do, Georgie. Are you serious? I'm joking with you. To a whoever is watching, if you know that that happened to you, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it'll never happen again. <laughs> I was so scared. I was so scared. Oh, the, the whole reason, Georgie, for the podcast is because I take iconic people like yourself, and I want people to understand who they are. I want people to realize that you're not a superhuman, that you're not a superhero, that you're just a human being, that you have crazy work ethic and you have a phenomenal attitude, which you proved over and over and over again over the last hour. Thank you. Maddox and McKenna are 10 years old and 13 years old. What advice would you give to Maddox and McKenna? And if you could use both their names, it would be awesome. To Maddox and McKenna, I would tell you at your age right now, Live in the moment as much as you can and don't overthink because all the time at those ages when I would sit and overthink about the littlest things, I look back and I I say, I wish I didn't. 
So if I could tell you something that I wish I didn't do, it would be to not overthink the little things, whether it's something with friends, whether it's missing a birthday party or not attending this or getting the pair of shoes that everyone's wearing. Just live life every day and stop overthinking because it'll be the death of you at the end of the day. Georgie, it has been amazing. It's, it's been so awesome. And I, I was... There were so many people out there that I have been talking to, and I want to thank every one of you guys for listening. Um, I was talking to him, and I told him that for the first time, I'm going to have a TikTok influencer, and one of, I mean, a, a major, major TikTok influencer and con- t- content creator and entrepreneur on the show. And they were so excited. They were so excited because they were, they were like, I don't understand. And I hope that people understand that what you're doing is exactly what everyone is searching for which is you do exactly what you love to do. You're making a living from it, a good living, a running around the house kind of living from it. And I love the mindset that that's what you're going to continue to do. Because most people have a connotation, like I work and I do something I hate to be able to save up to do something I love. But you've switched the paradigm saying that, no, I'll do what I love, get compensated, and then do more of what I love. Which I think is amazing, and while, I think sorry, while oh, helping other people as well. Oh, I love that. You can't just do it for yourself. See, I, I would be more selfish in it. I'd be more so. I, I wouldn't even add for me. That's why I'm not. That's why I don't have three quarters of a million people following me. The thing I think about I'm is joking, I have this job you? because of other people, <laughs> so I have to accredit them. You know. I think it's amazing. I uh, you're, you're you're incredible. You're wise beyond your years, and I appreciate you being on the show. It's been absolutely phenomenal to be here Thank with you. you. That means a lot. You so excited I did this. <laughs> well, what, do, what do you want? Get, send, a, send a message to all, your, uh, all the people that are following you and the people who should be following you. Um, first off, gra- gratefulness. I'm so grateful for every single person who follows me because you've given me a life that I absolutely love, and I hope that you continue to support me while I help support others. And to people who don't follow me, um, follow me if you want. Um, if you truly do like me, and if you don't, then that's okay, because not everyone's going to like you. I think this is a, a super important uh, bit of information as far as helping us to understand a different generation, too, and to be able to see that you're working smart. You're doing exactly what, again, what so many people are chasing in their life is doing something that they absolutely love and, and pouring into it, which I think is amazing. So um, if you're out there listening, you know this is the part of the show where you Check all our sponsors, click the links, do all the things that you know you need to do, and share it with somebody. Share it with your 13-year-old, 14-year-old. Share it with your grandmama, though, because your grandmama needs to understand that this is probably one of the hardest working women in showbiz. And I cannot imagine if at 19 you have the, the influence that you do, I can't imagine you by 25. I can't imagine you by 30 and the um, amount of positive influence that you'll be able to have throughout this world, I just think is amazing. So I want to thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. You got it. You got it. You're officially off the hot seat. (laughs) Thank you.